On this episode of Kicked Back presented by Betway, we have Farhan Devji, which is the author of Alfonso Davies' new book, A New Hope. And today was launch day. So Farhan, how are you doing? Congratulations. And thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a crazy couple of days, crazy couple of weeks. I've been trying to like articulate kind of how I'm feeling and yeah, it's a whirlwind. Like uh, obviously, a lot of you know excitement uh, and pride to kind of see the the book on the on mm-hmm. shelves now after working on it for so many years. Um, a lot of gratitude for everyone who's kind of helped along the way and everyone who shared their story. And then I'll be honest with you, a little bit of anxiety just like to see it, you know, to see the book uh, in the real world. And you hope you've done the story justice. You hope people like it. But yeah, um, definitely a whirlwind of emotions. Well, please, no anxiety, because I think it's such a massive accomplishment to write anything. Of course, the writing process may be difficult or at times a little stressful because in your situation, when you're writing about someone else's story and Mm -hmm. someone else's life, you want to do that justice. But I'm sure you did such a great job. And I personally cannot wait to read the book. Uh, But I just wanted to say a big congratulations off the top. And what a massive accomplishment for you. And, you know, Alfonso uh, Alfonso Davies has his journey, but it's a massive accomplishment for you in your journey. So I just wanted to let you know that off the top. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. I really appreciate that. So talk to me. So you, you mentioned that you've been writing the book for a couple of years. How long did it take? What was the process like? And where did this idea come from where you're just like, okay, I'm going to write a book about Alfonso. Yeah. I mean, how how much time do you have? We got Um, all day. (laughs) Yeah. It really has been years in the making. So like uh, just a bit of background about me, like my, my background in sports journalism, uh, and sports writing in, in particular, and um, been working in this space for for close to a decade. And yeah, I uh, I joined the Whitecaps in 2013, and, and at, at that point, I was their club reporter uh, and editor, so doing doing a lot of writing. And uh, of course, Alfonso joined the club uh, a few years later. So you know, just like all our athletes, you know, I got to know him a little bit, um, interviewed him a number of times, and. Actually, probably the highlight of my time at the Whitecaps was in 2017 when we kind of got word that Alfonso was nearing his eligibility for his Canadian citizenship. And we wanted to do something sell, uh, special to kind of celebrate that. Um, so we pitched this idea of like a mini documentary. And, and fortunately, the Whitecaps were on board. Alfonso and his family were on board. So, yeah, I went to Edmonton with my with my videographer, Zach, and we kind of documented his life. And you know, sat down with his parents at their apartment uh, in, in the Clareview area, uh, met some of his, you know, youth coaches, you know, spoke to his now agent, Nick, uh, just outside the Clareview Rec Center, um, went to the, the St. Nicholas Soccer Academy, things, things like that, and really got a sense for, you know, one, what an incredible, you know, human being and, you know, family they are, and two, just, you know, what an incredible story they have and then the upbringing and whatnot, and obviously learned a lot there. And, um, kind of helped share the story with the world at that point. And ever since then I was kind of hooked. And, um, obviously like a lot of people, I was inspired by the story. Um, you know, followed it very closely, even because of my own like personal background, like I'm a second generation Canadian. My, my parents also immigrated. They were from, from East Africa and, and Canada opened uh, its doors for my parents. So like that kind of shaped me and the stories that I, you know, I'm drawn to. So that was part of it too. Uh, and then the following year, the transfer to Bayern Munich was announced. And, and that's when I first started kind of thinking about this book and, you know, putting some thoughts on paper, um, doing some research. I didn't really know what the process would even look like. I remember that Christmas, I actually started working on a sample chapter. Um, 
but I kind of sat on all that for a couple of years and didn't really tell many people. Wow. Um, yeah, it was still premature. Like Alfonso hadn't even left for Germany yet. Um, I was still busy with work. Um, so it was always kind of in the back of my mind. And then of course the pandemic hit in 2020 and, and, you know, I was still at the white caps, but I was kind of just like looking for something to get my kind of creative juices flowing again. And I kept coming ba back to this idea. So yeah, I dusted off my proposal and sample chapter and, and actually the day, um, Bayern won the champions league, uh, mm -hmm. on August 23rd, 2020 is when I first started kind of sending this out to publishers and, and whatnot. And, um, that was like a six month process in itself and kind of finally came, came to an agreement with, uh, ECW press in Toronto. Um, and then, yeah, in March, 2021 is when kind of the writing process started at that point, I quit my job just to put my best foot forward and really focus on this for, for a period of time. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing the last, you know, couple of years. Sorry for it's, the, for the ramble. Oh, I have a million <laughs> questions. Please never apologize. I, my curiosity is just so sparked right now. So you had this sample that you wrote and you didn't, you just kind of left it there for mm -hmm. a little bit. What was that like? Because I think it takes a lot of courage to put pen to paper or your fingers to a keyboard and start having this dream kind of manifest in a sense. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's about Alfonso Davies. Again, you're writing about someone else's story and journey. What was it like leaving it and kind of going back to your day to day, probably at the white caps, I'm assuming, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. knowing that this is something you want to do and probably hoping that it's going to transpire in some way and mm -hmm. then eventually getting back to it. Yeah, it was like, it was an interesting kind of feeling because I mean, it's not something I thought about like every single day, but then it was, it, I would always kind of come back to it because, you know, Alfonso was just doing, mm -hmm. you know, big things, right? Like, uh, he was just kind of beginning his Bayern journey at that point. So every time I kind of saw him in the news, I, I kind of thought about this again. I'm like, oh, like I really want to do this. Like I, I think I can do it well. But um, I think there was also a little bit of just like, you know, typically when these big kind of biographies come out, like they're they're written by the, the big names in, in the soccer world or in the writing world. And I, and I wasn't that. So like I, I knew I could do it well, but I also like you know, didn't want to be laughed out of any room and, and whatnot when I was, you know, when I'm pitching it and whatnot. So I think those are all kind of the things I was, you know, feeling at that point. But then, yeah, I think the pandemic just forced people just to reevaluate their lives and their careers and like, mm -hmm. okay, what's like really important to you. Um, and at that point I had kind of moved into like more of like a management manager position at the white cap. So I wasn't doing kind of the things I, I love in terms of writing and storytelling. And so, yeah, I kept coming back to this idea. And then at, at one point I'm just like, you know what, I, I won't be able to kind of live, you know, with myself if I, if I don't at least kind of give this a shot. Um, so I gave it a shot and, and yeah, here we are today. I love to hear that. I think that's super inspiring. What was it like pitching? Did you have to pitch this book to Alfonso and his team or talk to them on the phone? Like, what was that process like? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, you know, kept them in the loop and, you know, as a courtesy wanted them to be you know aware of this before anything ever came, you know, public. And, and I told them like, uh, I, you know, I have a good relationship with his kind of his representatives from the, from the time with the documentary and stuff. I have, you know, I've kept in touch with them a little bit through the years. So, um, definitely spoke to them before, before this ever came to, came to life and told them I'd be open to kind of any involvement they were comfortable with. You know, obviously Alfonso is still very young and, and typically when like a, a player releases kind of their own book there, it's later on in their career. So I wasn't expecting like kind of a formal partnership and, and they, they weren't, they didn't want that either, but at the same time, they've been accommodating with, with their time and setting up interviews and, and things like that and providing photos. So yeah, I definitely had a conversation with well, many conversations with them and, you know, super grateful for their support. And then, uh, yeah, in terms of pitching the publishers, like, you know, a lot of big publishers don't even, ha don't even accept, um, 
you know, unsolicited submissions from, unless you have like an agent or something like that, which, which yeah. I didn't. Um, so I found a couple that, that, that did, and they, they kind of outlined their guidelines at, in terms of what they're looking for. And again, it's that sample chapter, it's a chapter outline thing, things like that. So, you know, followed those guidelines pretty closely. And, um, yeah, fortunately, like I said, ECW press, uh, uh came on board. Man, Farhan, I know I just am meeting you right now for the first time, but I find this so inspiring because I think oftentimes we let this element of fear and ego that's attached to fear kind of stop us from achieving a dream or a goal because you let those what ifs come into Mm -hmm. your mind. Like like you just spoke to, you know, usually it's these big authors writing these books and you said you hadn't done that yet and you didn't want Mm -hmm. anyone to laugh at this idea, Mm -hmm. which obviously was just uh, this thought of yours that was manifesting out of fear, but you got past all of that and look where you are right now on launch day. Look at the conversation (laughs) we're having. Look at, you know, the incredible athlete that you got to write about and, you know, the work that you've created. So again, I I don't mean to put you on the spot like this, but I just think that it's, it's super commendable because that's not something that everyone um, can say that they did, that they had that kind of courage to get past that. So again, especially someone in in this industry, that's a little bit on the other side of it. It's not always Mm -hmm. an easy space to navigate. And I think you deserve some major kudos. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, and I think that's like part of Alfonso's story too, like just a matter of chasing your, your dreams. Right. Um, probably a lot of people said he could, he couldn't do it. He couldn't make it a kid from Edmonton and, and he chased his dream and, uh, and I chased mine. Right. And, um, that's part of the reason why, like I was thinking about like what dedication to put in the book and, and something Alfonso actually, I think he, he tweeted it after he won the champions league. And he said, uh, this one's for everyone who's chasing a dream right now. So I thought that kind of, you know, applied to me too. So I, I put that as the dedication kind of as a quote, um, from him. So yeah, I think that's, that's part of his story as well. Which is amazing because whoever's listening to this, it could be in a completely different chapter of their life and and they're talking about, they're thinking about something completely different, but the principle of this conversation is true to everyone's life, right? Like I think it's just such an inspirational message. So congratulations. But I want to talk about maybe the first time you met Alfonso Davies at the Whitecaps. Was there something special, special about Alfonso that... I don't know, was unique to you where you felt, wow, this kid's going to be a superstar and you just felt, you know, some type of different kind of presence about Alfonso where you even felt like, oh, I want to write this kid's story. Yeah. Yeah, I actually remember the first time I spoke to him very clearly. And I actually, I actually start the book, um, that, that way. So it was, it was 2015, uh, February and the Whitecaps were going, Alfonso was still in the Academy at the time. He was only 15 years years old. He had just turned 15 years old. Um, but every year, every year, the Whitecaps went to training camp at the first team did the MLS team in, in Arizona usually. So we were going to Tucson, Arizona. And, um, uh, I remember seeing the, like the, the roster of who was going and there was this, there was Alfonso's name, 15 years old. And you know, he was coming with us along with a few other kind of Academy players. So I thought I found that kind of surprising because I thought, you know, nowadays you're starting to see more like kind of young kids get integrated. But at that point that was like pretty rare to see a 15 year old traveling with the MLS team for their training camp. So, you know, that kind of caught my eye. And then I remember at the airport, actually, it was pretty funny. So we were, we were in the Vancouver airport on our way to Arizona and, and some of the players on the team, like Pamu Kai, who's like a veteran player and, you know, a big jokester, um, got Alfonso to wear a kind of a GoPro on his head. 
and just kind of run back and forth in the Vancouver International Airport as we're waiting for our flight. And he kind of just went with it. He was a big smile on his face and kind of just went with it. And then on the airplane, actually, they got him and Alfonso and another rookie, one um, the stewardess kind of scarf and they got them to serve drinks and stuff just as part of their kind of like initiation and alfonso just just rolled with it he wasn't phased so i thought that was pretty cool um and then on that trip in, in arizona is when i spoke to him for the first time and I kind of got a little sense of his story and and something he said that that stuck with me was um you know where we were living before like me and my family didn't have an opportunity to be something um so th- so and then he just talked about how he was so like motivated and grateful for this opportunity with the, in Canada, with the white caps, just to kind of become something. So like, yeah, he's, he just said that like very matter of factly, um, at the age of 15 and kind of the first time I ever interviewed him. And I was like, yeah, this kid, this kid's pretty, like, he's very mature down to earth and seems very motivated. Um, didn't know he'd be a superstar at that point, but, um, again, definitely piqued my attention. Is there something that you've noticed about Alfonso in terms of his evolution from when he was at the Whitecaps to where he is now at Bayern. And a lot of people consider him one of the best left backs in the world. Is there anything that you've noticed in that evolution um, of Alfonso Davies as a human being and a footballer? For sure. For sure. I think he's like, so back then, at least like around, um, he was always like, from what I'm told from speaking to people in Edmonton and whatnot, he was always kind of a goofy, vibrant kid. Like when you get him in his comfort zone, but you know, around like the first team in the white caps, like you, we didn't really see a lot of that. Cause he was just so like, I don't think the people, the way it was described to me from people close to him, like he didn't want dis- to disrespect anyone. Like he just, you know, he knew, like he even said this himself when we spoke once, like as kids, we just go, go around goofing around. Whereas these players I'm playing with, like they have to think about like their kids and their bills and, and things like that. So mm-hmm. I think he was very like reserved initially in those spaces. Um, but I think as he's, you know, matured and, and grown up, like he's become a lot more comfortable with just kind of just to be himself. Um, and you know, obviously he shows that on TikTok and, and things like that yes. now. So, um, that's, that's pretty cool to see his evolution there. And, and at the same time, he still does have like his reserve side. And that's something I kind of get to in the book. Like that's kind of always going to be part of him to a certain extent. So yeah, that's, you know, what I've noticed in terms of evolution as a person and just as a player, like, yeah, I don't know if people like remember this, but the first couple of years in MLS, like, yeah, you saw the things he did very well, like his, you know, dribbling and taking players on one V one and things like that. Like he, he always kind of wowed people with that. But in his first couple of years, like he didn't score a goal. He only had one assist. Like the, the final product wasn't there. And then he really took off in, in 2018, the year the transfer happened. Um, and it was a similar journey at Bayern where like he, the production wasn't there initially. And then he took mm-hmm. off in 2020. So yeah, he's definitely worked on the kind of that, that final product of picking the, the right pass out or, you know, um, you know, when to, you know, when to cross, when, when, when to, you know, play it short, things like that. So he's definitely evolved in that way too. It's crazy to think that, you know, you were manager of, I'm sorry, manager of what part of the Vancouver Whitecaps content, content, content yeah. to hear becoming an author is, 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 writing uh, a book, something that you wanted to do when you first went into sports journalism at school, or was your goal like working for a professional football club? Um, 
I've always wanted to write a book, even even when yeah, I was cool. younger. Like, yeah, like just going into chapters, kind of waiting waiting for my mom and things like that. When I was a kid, I would always go to the sports section and just thought it was the coolest thing. So I, I've always wanted to write a book for sure. Uh, that wasn't necessarily the goal when I started my, my professional career, though. That was just about I, I was just I loved writing about sports. So whether that was going to be for you know a newspaper, a magazine, or, or a professional club, like that was I was open and. Um, and this opportunity with the Whitecaps came about. I, I'd previously done a couple internships with them even prior to, to graduating university. So, um, yeah, once that kind of opportunity came on board with the Whitecaps, it just it felt like a natural fit because, you know, my, my main role at that point, that was uh, was, uh, was being their club reporter. And, and obviously, I did a, did a lot of writing as, as part of that. So, um, yeah, I've always kind of been, you know, looking to get into this space. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is such a trip to me because it's cool how things align and the timing of things. And, you know, you've always wanted to write a book and then you're working for the Whitecaps and Alfonso Davies there. And now you're inspired to write a book and now look at what you're doing. So I just find life to be so cool at times. Was there a moment that you can remember in particular, if there was one where there was like a little light bulb that went off in your head where you're like, I want to write this book. Um, yeah. And you're, and you're right. Like, so I actually had, there was actually before this Alfonso idea, I I did think about at one point writing a book about the Canadian women's national team and the success they were having with the, with the back-to-back bronze medals. And, um, I actually, it's kind of a cool story. Like I, I'd met Bob McKenzie once or twice before the, okay. the TSN kind of pundit. Yeah. Um, and so I, and I knew he had published a couple books. So I actually emailed him. I'm like, Hey, listen, like, how do I even like, go about doing this? And at that point I was talking about the women's national team. And he sent me this like long, long email just with nice. God's advice, you know, put me in touch with this agent and this person. Um, so yeah, at that point I, you know, I really considered that, but I just, I, I didn't end up pursuing it because I didn't have like the, the connections on, on the, with the women, within the women's team as much. And, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I didn't end up going for that, but I, yeah, it was just a matter of finding the right story. And, and like we talked about earlier, the Alfonso for me, like it just felt like the, the right story. Um, in terms of the moment where it clicked. Yeah, I guess two moments. One was when the transfer to Bayern happened. Okay. That's when like, okay, this is like, this is going global, right? It's not just like a North American story anymore. Like that's, it's, this is becoming like a worldwide story. So that was one. And then, and then probably when they won the champions league, um, in, in 2020 and that when Byron did, and that's when I like, again, that's what kind of forced me to, to send it off at that point. I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go for it. So yeah, th- those were the two moments that, that came to mind. What can readers expect from this book? Uh, are there any parts of Alfonso Davies' story or journey that we may not know about being written about in this book? For sure. For sure. And like, yeah, I didn't want this to be like a, a summary of what people already know, right? Because I really kind of challenged mm-hmm. myself to, to dig deeper and, and find some untold stories and unique voices. So I think where I learned the most, because like, like, we, like we talked about, like, I kind of started started following his story closely when he was 15 in, in Vancouver, right? So I think where I learned the most was 
prior to that point in his life. So, you know, dating back to like the life on the refugee camp, like I don't think people, and I didn't, I didn't really have a full grasp of, of what that meant. So I tried to really dive deep into, well, for one, like the Liberian civil war, like what, what caused that war, what, what life was like there at the time, why did his parents need to go to the refugee camp in the first place? And then, yeah, life on the refugee camp. Like I ended up speaking to a number of different people who, who were there at the same time as Alfonso, just on, on background, like some refugees, some people who worked there, some volunteers, just to get a full picture of what life was like there. And yeah, it turned, it was a hard, like it was safe, it was a safe life, but it was relatively speaking to the war, but it was very challenging. Like I learned that in two, in the year 2000, the same year Alfonso was born, like at that point, a lot of the funding had for the camp had actually stopped. So you know, previously they were providing like water and food and things like that, but all of that had stopped pretty much by, by the time, by the time Alfonso was born. So his parents like needed to figure out ways to just get some water and food for like, for Alfonso to, to survive. And then, you know, things like where they, you know, where they slept, like the people had to, you know, build these little makeshift shacks out of like whatever materials they had. And, uh, learned a lot about the resettlement process and, and what that looked like. And, you know, where people were going at the time, like a lot of Liberians actually wanted to go to the States um, because there's a lot of history there between Liberia and the U S but uh, so I talk about how kind of Alfonso's family ended up in Canada. So yeah, I, I learned a lot about the early stages of his life and, and even the early stages of his life in, in Canada and, and what that transition was like. So um, yeah, I would like to think there's a lot of, you know, people can learn kind of reading the book. Did you get to talk to Alfonso's parents at all and get their perspective on everything? So obviously I spoke to them initially as part of the documentary and, um, you know, drew on a lot of that as, as well as some kind of, you know, untold details from, from our initial conversation, you know, they're very private people. So, you know, I think they, they've only done like two or three interviews in their life. And from what I, so they've kind of, I think they've shared what they're comfortable sharing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I didn't speak to them again for it, but definitely, you know, their voice is definitely included. Um, but yeah, lots of childhood friends and, you know, teammates and teachers and coaches and, and things like that. And from your experience with Alfonso, you can see that him and his family are, are of course, very, very close and family is something that's very important to him. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I think that's something that became clear, even from the first time I spoke to him, like he made it very clear that like he's super grateful um, for his, to his parents for like, for bringing the country here and for like working multiple jobs and, mm -hmm. you know, just giving Alfonso a better life. And yeah, from like those early days and, and up until now, Alfonso always says like, he's just trying to make his parents proud, you know, like he actually, um, you know, one thing I wrote about is he, he kept, he, you know, he promised them when he was leaving Vancouver that he wasn't going to change. He was going to be the same person that he was at, he was 14 at that point. He wanted to make them proud. And he, and he still kind of thinks about that, that promise. So yeah, that's, that's definitely a big part of his story. Well, Alfonso Davies is one of my favorite players, not just because he's Canadian and you can consider to him to be the most successful footballer to come out of Canada on the men's side. Uh, it's because he's so authentic and genuine in who he is. When you talk about TikTok and the persona he puts out and being a little vulnerable online at times, then of course, adding the element of being this unbelievable footballer. Uh, he's just such an authentic person to follow. And he's so likable. Do you think uh, putting aside the fact that he's one of the best in the world, what makes him 
such a likable human? What makes him a good person? Like, let's remove the football soccer aspect from, uh, from Alfonso Davies. And let's just talk about the person he is. You talk about maturity, you talk about him being humble. You talk about him having perspective. Are these all elements in your opinion that have helped him get to the stage and level he's at right now in his career and will only further develop into the years of success that he has coming? For sure. For sure. And I think that's, you know, that's a big part another, another reason why his story has resonated so much because like people are drawn to him and, and all these people I spoke to for the book, like everyone just has this, like, like this respect and admiration mm-hmm. for him. That, that seems very genuine. So, um, yeah, like even speaking to his, like, what was it? The vice principal at his high school, just talking about how, like, it's a small example. Like he, on the day she was retiring, like he brought her a signed Jersey and said like, thanks for everything. And she's like, what? Like she, she, she thought like someone like these other people kind of arranged it and it turns out it was just Alfonso. So, you know, little things like that. Um, so you have this, like kind of this big heart and, um, even his, I spoke to his billet parents when he was in Vancouver mm-hmm. and, you know, they spoke to like how he, like he helped, give them like appreciation of, of, of what life, what life is and how just generous he was with his like belongings and, and things like that. So yeah, that that's part of it. And then, and yeah, then, then there is this other side where he's just like, has this like zest for life and speaking to uh, Theo bear, who was his white caps Academy teammate. Something he said was like, Theo is more of like an introvert, kind of like reserved a bit. And Alfonso just helped him get out of his shell because wow. at one point he just like, they were living on like a camp, like a, a campus at a recreational facility uh, in Vancouver. And Alfonso just came in, sat on his bed and started talking to him. And then they, they kind of became good friends. And yeah, Theo said that Alfonso helped him get out of his shell and he's just like dancing and doing these things that uh, not putting on a show. He said, that's just Alfonso enjoying life. So yeah, that there's, there's definitely that, that element to it for sure. Amazing. Thank you for sharing all of that. Uh, Mm. Back to you writing this book. Uh, Again, the writing process at times could be daunting and it's a massive accomplishment for anyone. I'm sure listening to this, they feel the same way. What's something that you learned about yourself in this process? Hmm. Oh, that's, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think I've learned that, like, I'll be honest with you. Like I wasn't, this is kind of a random answer, but whatever. Um, I never loved doing these sorts of interviews and the on-camera stuff that was like very daunting for me, Mm -hmm. even, you know, starting out at the white caps, um, a lot of stress around that. And I, and I wasn't, (laughs) I wasn't good at it quite frankly, but I've, I've become much more comfortable just kind of opening up and, you know, sharing some of my vulnerabilities and, and things like that. So, um, that's, that's part of it. And then, yeah, I mean, that, then just kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, just kind of like pursue, just having the confidence to, you know, pursue your dream and, you know, make, you know, just go, going for it and not being scared and just, you know, putting your, your best foot forward and kind of seeing, seeing what happens. Uh, I think that's, that's, um, yeah, those a couple of things that come to mind. Well, you're killing this interview far. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Um, with this book, I just have a couple of questions left with this book. Yeah. Do you think it's going to resonate with a lot of immigrants and children of immigrants? My parents immigrated from Poland uh, and I understand the struggle of immigrants and, and how hard they work. And we all know that Canada is full of incredible immigrants and their stories and how they've created such a beautiful life for their children. And you know how their children now feel like I'm speaking just from my perspective now, how, yes, we want to make our parents 
is proud. And, you know, we, we basically want to live this life of gratitude and accomplishment because of what our parents went through to create this life for us in Canada. So do you think based on the book that you've written and it being Alfonso's story that it's going to resonate with a lot of immigrants? I, I think so for sure. Yeah. And that was like, you know, I, I wanted to make sure this, this wasn't just like a soccer or, or a sports mm-hmm. book, right? Because as we've been talking about, there's so much more to Alfonso's story. So um, yeah, I, I do think it, it'll resonate, especially the kind of the first half and, you know, and also towards the end of the book where I kind of bring it full circle. Yeah. That's, that's a big storyline. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Even just like in the, in the early kind of chapters, you know, Alfonso and his friends and family kind of talking about the, the transition, you know, to, to a new country and, you know, some of the challenges that, that came along with that. So yeah, that, that's definitely, you know, a big storyline and, and I think, and, and hope it, it will resonate uh, with, with, uh, with that community. Perfect. Before I let you go, uh, what's one thing you want the audience to know about your book so that they could rush to anywhere <laughs> they get their books and grab a book off the shelf? Um, yeah, it's just if you're interested in Alfonso at all, like the way the best way for me to describe it, it's like kind of the inside story of how he got to where he is today. And, and like we, like I said, like it's not just a recap. Like I think people will really learn something like I, I learned a lot kind of going through the process. And um, also, you know, I, I do want to mention, too, that a portion of each sale will be donated to the U.N. Refugee Agency, um, which is the same organization that helped Alfonso um, kind of as a young refugee, helped them kind of settle in, in Canada. Um, and yeah, there are a lot of kind of refugees around the world who, you know, need access to water and shelter and things like that. So, you know, hopefully this can kind of help in a, in a small way. So yeah, that, that's about it. Amazing Farhan. And what's next for you? Great question. Great question. Um, just going to take a couple of weeks to breathe here. It's kind of been um, a whirlwind. I have a baby on the way next week. Oh, sorry, congratulations. Not next, week. next month, I should say not next Amazing. week. Um, so need to kind of get, get the house in order and things like that. But, um, yeah, beyond that, we'll just have to wait and see. Oh, congratulations. What a beautiful time for you. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely an exciting time. Amazing. Well, Farhan, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your journey, sharing the writing process, sharing bits and pieces from the book and your experience with Alfonso Davies and more than anything, your time, because you're a busy man right now. And like just knowing that you have a baby on the way and you're spending some time with us here, I really appreciate it. And I'm going to get a book. I know producer Brett on the other side is going to get a book and I'm encouraging everyone listening to do the same thing. And I just can't wait to see your success and promise me the next time you write a book, you get back on the show with us here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot for having me. It was, it was a lot of fun. Thank you so much.